0: Who's this? Don't know. First one, I think.
1: Family's been here that long.
0: And it was my family's before it was theirs. My son, when I say we give everything to this land, I do mean everything.
1: I'm sorry, I shouldn't be here.
0: If your goal is knowing John Dutton, then this is exactly where he should be. This is Sheila. And welcome back to our Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone. Uh, We are in season five. Um, Today we're talking about episode six, which is titled Cigarettes, Whiskey, A Meadow, and You. So welcome back, guys. Thanks for listening. How are you doing, Sheila? I'm doing good. Getting over a little cold, so bear
1: with me. i have a little... A little more nasally than my New Yorker accent usually allows me to be, Um, so there might be a little cough or two here or there, but, you know, it's winter here, so we had snow this morning, so that was unexpected, I suppose.
0: Yeah, My nine-year-old is
1: thrilled. He's like, ooh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm like, it's too early for Christmas carols. Oh, my
0: gosh. It's not too early for Christmas carols, ma'am. Well, I mean, too early in the morning. No, no, no. Too Um, early in the morning. I hadn't had coffee yet. That's true. Like, literally, I was woken up
1: because my dog was barking, and I was like, what the hell is... Oh, God, it's snow. (laughs) But it was just enough just to coat the grass and my car. Uh, Nothing on the sidewalk, nothing on the street. So, you know, a typical December, early December New York snowstorm.
0: I wouldn't know, ma'am. My kids keep asking me, is it going to snow? I'm like, well... It says 78. So I don't think so. And <laughs> when you today. guys get
1: snow in Texas, not for nothing. It's it's, it's, it's devastating.
0: Ice. Yeah. it's <laughs> Well, it's so funny because the little friends that my daughter plays basketball with today, we were talking about how the last time it snowed, it was like this huge power outage and our house had no electricity, but their house did. And so my entire family went And stayed with my best friend and her husband and kids. And so we had 10 of us.
1: Oh my gosh. In her
0: house on their generator. They didn't have power either, but they had a generator. <laughs> and so she was like, Remember when it ice stormed you guys came over and we had a sleepover? And blah, blah. She's like, We should do that again. I was like, Or we could just have a sleepover. Like, we don't have to have an ice storm. Yeah, like, catastrophic,
1: just- <laughs> you know, parental stress of how you're going <laughs> to yeah. provide for your children. Like,
0: yeah, we're like cooking outside, like trying to cook on a barbecue. Like, I think we put chicken nuggets on a tray and put them on the barbecue pit. Like, we were trying oh, to feed all these kids. It was like, This is so stressful. So I was like, or girls, we could just have a sleepover, (laughs) like a normal
1: sleepover. I actually did a normal, I did an adult sleepover, not last weekend, the one before, with a friend of mine from, yeah, like a friend of mine that I've known since high school, she was unfortunately in a a bad car accident and her husband had to go to Florida Mm. for the weekend and I was like, I'll volunteer to stay with you. It was wonderful.
0: I know, right? I miss my girlfriend's it was definitely some
1: uh some mental health time
0: good good good
1: but for sure i believe people in montana would be laughing at us talking about our snowstorm stories because you know
0: i have been watching the news and the snow across the nation is quite yes across like the entire
1: like middle you know by up at the rocky area is all uh flutter tonight i hope uh,
0: you guys are warm yes stay warm stay safe get some good blankies so what did you think of our weekly episode? Do you really want to know what I thought? Uh,
1: <laughs> I thought it was better than last week's, but not by much. Even when you said that you were watching it, I was like, you should be falling asleep in about three, two, one. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It was late at night, but yeah. <laughs>
1: it, yeah, it was late at night, but also, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is doing a whole lot for me in terms of moving things forward. I mean, I know. this one did move things forward a little bit. Still, I felt a lot of filler, a lot of things that I really could have done without uh, dog shooting, trigger warning. Oh, yeah. Definitely could have done without that. The, the animal death toll this season is a little too much for me. I don't really care about the human death toll, but
0: right. <laughs> the, the animals... We're, I, we're so jaded. We're like, don't shoot the dog. Eh, people, it's okay. Well,
1: I mean, a couple episodes, we had the catastrophic accident with John's horse.
0: Yes, I know. The dog, it really did upset me. I was like, what? No. You know, seeing one was enough.
1: I seeing was multiple...
0: A- Oh, it really did annoy me like i really did out loud like what no stop oh my god right and then like you and you i doing? watched this
1: episode multiple times getting ready for it and i was just like uh-uh. Ugh. i just had to like pull away and Ooh. avert my eyes like <laughs> oh my eyes how could
0: you do that
1: but it's just the sound as well like I, yeah i know yeah. they're going for realism but you know like there's certain things that my heart just can't take and this season between the dead baby oh my gosh and the dead horse, and now the dead dogs. I'm like, okay, I get, I'm back to my notion of what's with all the death.
0: Like, why okay. is all the death and swirling then-
1: around, John? I don't know. I have a lot of questions about this episode. It's a good thing I have you to talk to about it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But I, I just, I, I don't know what's in store for this season. Like, I can't yeah. see where the big fight is coming from. Sarah from Market Equities, yeah, she's got something up her sleeve. Beth, I'm a little concerned about and what she's going to be doing. There's things about this season that I don't like in particular. And I'm thinking I'm, you know, because a couple episodes ago, I was saying, like, what am I not liking about this season? And so far, I really feel that Jimmy is Mm -hmm. a big hole in the plot line because I feel like he did so much to try to prove to himself that he could be a cowboy And I think the bunkhouse banter around his abilities, inabilities, whatever it came down to, it gave the show a lot of heart. And I feel like it's missing that. I also Mm -hmm. feel the fact that we haven't seen much of Monica or Casey other than the necessary moments, I guess, to move their story arc along. There's really not been much substance beyond their heartache. And I feel like those two things in particular are taking away a lot of the things that I enjoy about this show. And, I, you know, I went on Facebook, like kind of scoured some of the Facebook groups last night and this morning. Um, we're recording this on Monday night, so the, the episode's already aired. We didn't get the screener until Sunday. Uh, that didn't yeah. really help us in trying to record this for no. you, uh, you know, on time. But, yeah, like some of the Facebook group people, you know, from the, the Yellowstone groups were just like, yo what's going on with this season like where is the action like who's the enemy and you know that was kind of the thread that i was seeing i mean some people are like this is great you know seeing them doing the you know the the branding celebration and all that coming together i'm like yeah yeah, yeah, that's all fine and good but like that didn't need to be this whole episode
0: (laughs) yeah I, i agree i saw a lot of the same like mixed reviews i think maybe yellowstone has trained us to expect a lot of action we say this often, but there was, there were episodes past that we spent, I mean, it was so much to cover. Yes. And then you look at this episode and I'm like, really? All we did was bring in one herd of cattle, like in the whole episode. So (laughs) it did feel like we didn't get very far. I couldn't believe that our last episode was about them going out on the trail to find the cattle. And I said to my husband, I'm like, surely the, like, we're going to skip over the part of them like being on the trail like what is there to see about that but no no, we we get to see it so i was was a little surprised that that, like that's what we saw in this episode i think the redeeming quality if you want to say it like that is that we got some pretty sentimental moments some sort of heartfelt moments so those were good and monica had more lines in this episode than she's had in a while
1: in like a season and a half
0: yeah. So I like when Monica talks. That makes me happy. So, I mean, there was a few things that, that made it a good episode. Yeah,
1: I do agree that so, there was some character development. Like, yeah. I definitely feel that there was a little more substance this episode, like you said, and that we did get a little more insight into Monica and her take on the Duttons, I thought was really mm-hmm. interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. And we got rainwater. We got a little more with him and Angela and that dynamic. So there was that. And we got this little moment with Carter, you know, this teeny yeah. tiny
0: moment. I'm like, oh,
1: yes. OK, good. Move his story along, too. Like, show me where he's growing, too.
0: Yeah, we got a few things, a few good things. The last episode, we asked for more rainwater in Blue Thunder and the reservation. And that's what we got a little bit. So I could have used a little bit more to see what's actually going on, but this was pretty interesting. Like the way that they set this up, like with Mo's house, like I literally thought it was an earthquake. I was like, and do That's they exactly have what I earth- thought too. I was Quakes like, I was like Montana.
1: Like please. I don't know. Well, you know, yes, they could have we earthquakes do. because Yellowstone National Park, from when I visited there, I got this whole education. Yellowstone National Park is a very volatile geological site and there's fault lines and there's they they always talk that like Yellowstone can blow at any time because like all Mm -hmm. those geysers that they have, there's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. underneath because these geysers like Old Faithful and there's like hundreds of geysers all around the park. Like when you go there to walk along, you can't walk on the ground for a lot of the trails. You have to walk on these metal boardwalks that they have set up in these safe zones. And, like, some of the pools get to, like, 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm like, I don't have a frame of reference for how hot that
0: is. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I really did think it was an earthquake, um, which was, like, a shock. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Um, But then the additional shock of finding out that it's military helicopters and this whole thing, like, sort of invading the reservation, like... I think Mo did a great job. He's like, what is happening? And he's driving to follow the helicopter and figure out what's happening. Like, it was exciting, I guess.
1: I felt this was a very uncomfortable look at how Native Americans are treated. Like, I don't want to yeah. get political or anything, but like, I don't think of a, a Secret Service helicopter set down at like my kid's school baseball field that they would be shooting middle class suburban dogs. And combing the grounds in full tactical gear. I've studied way too much history to be biased. It it just made me so uncomfortable because I feel like if this was anything other than a Native American reservation, this would have been handled very differently.
0: It did seem like so excessive. It was like an invasion.
1: That's what it looked like. And that's what it felt like.
0: Not like a gathering or a um, speech or a whatever you want to call it. It felt like an invasion.
1: (laughs) Well, like, Mo was being dismissed. He kept asking. I am the head of security for the chairman of the Federated Tribes of Broken Rock. And he's the lieutenant for the tribal police, and they were still ignoring him. And the the Secret Service agent was being smug. Well, if they're Secret Service agents in full tactical gear, like, who do you think is coming? Yeah. It was so condescending, and I was just, there was no acknowledgement of who they were, what they were there for. It was just, we're shooting your dogs because they're strays and they're a threat.
0: Which is crazy.
1: It looked and felt really disrespectful to me. And I just feel that this was more of the storyline or more of the continuation of the history of how the people of the United States have treated the people who inhabited these lands before white people arrived here. Mm hmm. Like, I'm not well-versed in the nuance of Native American politics. You know, I don't know how much influence the president of the United States would have on, say, the removal of the chairman of a tribe or in the picking of a new one. But I am impressed that Angela went this route in trying to seek to oust rainwater. It almost like it seeks to give her validation for what she's doing. Well, if I have the endorsement of the president of the United States, but they're also considered an entity unto themselves, like, I don't know if you noticed, like, Moe's license plate it actually said, yeah. like, Tribe of, you know, Broken Rock in Montana was in, like, the top right corner.
0: But then, like, why would Angela have that event orchestrated like that as well? Like, why would she? Well, I think it's also to know. make
1: Rainwater appear weak and not in touch with his people. I, I feel like it was a very calculated move on her part.
0: Like the setup of it, though. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the helicopters coming in. That's what you mean? Like, she did did that on purpose?
1: Well, all of it. I I feel like her inviting the president to this event at the tribe behind Rainwater's back is very underhanded of her. I just
0: meant, like, the setup of it. And, like, we were just discussing, like, how they approached it and not answering Mo. Like, I... Was that Angela's doing? I don't think so. You know, I don't know. I don't think
1: so. That's where I feel like you. Like I I want to get political, but I just feel like mm -hmm. that's more of how the American government would treat a Native Mm -hmm. American situation. That they would just you know, right?
0: Okay. Shoot their dogs and you
1: know not not seek to you know find out if they're pets and see their collars.
0: Of course, she very calculated in setting this up and have it, and surprising Rainwater with it. Him saying like, "Well, you, you know, you don't have authority to to do this." She's basically like, "I don't care." I thought it was very like savvy of Rainwater to pick his chin up, straighten his jacket, and go up there and let them throw mud, as he put it. So, um, I think he handled that as he always does.
1: But he has a lot of poison grace when it comes yeah. to these types of situations. He doesn't. He's not easily ruffled. Yeah. And I right? like that about him. Yeah. But, you know, a couple of episodes ago, you and I had said that the council we had seen in prior seasons had been active, I guess, with Rainwater in discussions about the tribe and, and um, tribal matters. And we hadn't really seen much of that. And you and I had said a couple of episodes back that, you know, it might be time for the council to kind of reappear. Mm-hmm. You know, initially you and I were thinking like, well, maybe Angela wants to see for herself. And then we saw her with the protester Martin. So, uh, you know, I wanted to give ourselves a little pat on the back for saying that the council was going to to ruffle their feathers and, and come back mm-hmm. in. But this was a really good way for Rainwater to reassert himself, I guess, in a way, you know, I, he was smart in saying to Mo that his absence would speak more. Yeah. than his presence right so you know if he was absent then it would be like he really isn't not in touch with his people and mm-hmm. um you know missing probably the biggest event in his tenure
0: it's really interesting sort of the opposite way that john handles that as the governor the president's coming you know well rainwater actually that was like, going
1: to be my question
0: <laughs> yeah, to like, go for Rain- it, yeah yeah rainwater is like okay well he's not endorsing me that's fine i'm still going to stand here with my chin held high, showing my people that I'm showing up for them. And John is just like, fuck it, who cares? I don't care. Like, Yeah, well, this was very interesting because
1: Rainwater kind of slags Obama saying that he visited the Standing Rock tribe two years before he ended up putting a pipeline right through there saying that the president mm-hmm. of the United States doesn't see them. So he's dismissing out of hand that the president's endorsement of the chairman's role having any weight whatsoever so you know he's he's trying to remind angela of i I guess tribal politics that american politics don't really play a role but he sees the optics of it correctly that he does need to be a he he does need to play the game if he wants to stay in the game whereas john this was my question like what does this say about John and his role that, one, he is he being taken seriously as a governor if the president of the United States is visiting Helena and he's not aware of it, that his senator has to tell him about it? Yeah. And what is the event in Helena that Linnell mentions that John has no idea about? I mean— Clara seems to obviously have her finger on the pulse of of what he needs to be aware of. Well, I'm sure
0: she tried to tell him
1: (laughs) if she probably did try to tell him. But I feel like I don't know if John necessarily is being taken seriously. If the president would be a coming to any part of your state, even if you're coming to a reservation that is a, a confederated nation, you know, an island unto itself within Montana. But still, I feel like there would be a phone call saying, hey, yeah. Mr. Dutton, you know, President blah, 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 whoever, whoever the president's whoever going to be. Um, I'm going to go with President Whitmore because I love Independence Day and I hope it's Bill Pullman.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, he's, the, he's got the best uh, presidential speech in the history of movies, I say.
0: No.
1: Um, but I mean, I, it just makes me wonder, like, is John being seen as a serious governor or a serious player in the political field if the president of the united states is coming and mm-hmm. he's being told about it from a second or third party if you want to call it that because i mean i would well, say linnell's kind of like outside of his field of of vision really
0: yeah i think on on john's like core level he's he's not holding up his end of the bargain as becoming governor and you know as people have mentioned throughout these episodes he's He ran on the campaign of just ending the airport. So he he has said he doesn't care about anything else. And now he is showing that he doesn't care about anything else. He's not showing up to anything that matters to anybody else. That's not going to last long. Like, that's not going to fly for very long with lots of constituents and lots of senators or whoever, you know, rep- representatives of the state, of all of the commissions and things that have to happen within a state when this guy is just like, I don't care, I'm going fishing. You know, like, right. that's, I have to brand that's my not going to work. And like you're saying, so especially if the president's showing up and you're not going to go try to get a minute to plead your case for your state, for whatever needs to happen, for, hey, can I tell you about this? Or, you know, it's... If you're not even going to try, that's not the kind of governor I want.
1: And also it brings me back to the fact that Rainwater had asked for this meeting with John a couple episodes ago, Mm -hmm. and it hasn't happened. And now in between the chairman of the Broken Rock tribe having a meeting with his governor, you now have a presidential visit in between. It just sends such a wrong message and you know, you and I, had the very first episode this season, we're like, "Is John gonna make it for his four years?" I still don't think that's gonna happen. I think there's gonna, <laughs> well, you know,
0: well, I even I, after I don't this think episode, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, there's there's a lot in this episode that tells me that he's just really not in this for the long long haul whatsoever.
0: What did you think of the news report recapping what was happening with John with the governor and and saying like, oh, this this cowboy passed away. And then they were they were like sort of admiring him for the way he handled it, that he's exactly where he should be, I think is what she said. So I was surprised to see that he was sort of redeemed in the media.
1: It doesn't surprise me that some facet of the news media would agree with him or, you know, like endorse it as, you know, this is what a good Montana politician, a good Montana governor would be doing. But it just worries me like that was one of the signals that like uh, he's not in this for the long haul. Like he's just it's business as usual for John. Like if you have the highest office in the land, you definitely need to adjust how you do things. And John has done everything but adjust himself. He's fired his entire cabinet. He is only focused on the airport. And I haven't seen him do one iota of business for the state of montana apart from the things that serve him the best
0: yeah, yeah. everything Except has been
1: self-serving so wouldn't surprise me if this news anchor donated money to his campaign um <laughs> <laughs> maybe she was a buckle bunny at some point i oh don't know gosh. maybe she you know everyone seems to take a turn through this bunkhouse i don't know but i think it, it will go you know, a long way to prove that John has allies in the state. So like when things get hairy as, I mean, we're mm. only in episode six of 14 episodes this season. So things are going to get hairy, but it's going to show that he has allies maybe in unexpected places.
0: I could see that. Um, so like I said, in the beginning of our podcast, I was surprised we spent so much time on this trail ride or whatever you want to call it. Gathering of the sweet little baby cows
1: to get themselves mutilated
0: i know right
1: sorry city girl
0: i <laughs> <laughs> uh, said so sweet little baby gal you're like mutilation um <laughs> keep, it real, keep it real keep it real but i mean there were some sweet moments on. It was kind of fun to watch a little bit i mean like you said we always like when we see the cowboys doing their cowboy thing so but we didn't see a lot of cowboying i, I know we saw a lot of writing
1: yes a lot of of wide cinematography shots Mm -hmm. which is always appreciated but again like where is it leading i'm gonna go back to this hard conversation that john had with rip about his (laughs) summary of his children taunting Uh. me like beth is just annoying now i know i'm gonna have some haters and i don't care i don't care like i stand by my claim from a couple episodes ago that john does not envy her she irritates him He wants to level set her on why they fight for the ranch, you know, so hard as they do and just Mm -hmm. take a moment to appreciate it's not often seen wonders. And she's asking about vodka and he just (laughs) takes off like this is not admiration. This is not envy. This is not someone who appreciates this other human being, her very being, her very core. It irritates him. So I don't agree with John when he says out loud That he envies Beth. I don't know if he's paying rip lip service by having said that in some effort to make Rip feel more secure because we had talked about that too, that Rip maybe feels a little, you know, kind of dangling on a hook right now because there's just so much in limbo for him and so many unknowns and so many questions. And Rip has this, you know, foreboding feeling that the ranch is going to be lost because John is looking elsewhere, you know, and distracted.
0: I feel like his motivation for saying that was just about her character trait of not giving a shit what anybody else thinks, you know? Like, I think that's where he was at with that comment. But I agree with you on this take in this scene where he's just like annoyed with her. It's like that person that just always has to have a comment. Like, you say something, and then they go, well, yeah, but... Right. And they're like, do you have to comment on every single thing? Like, can't you just say, like, yeah, cool? Like,
1: if Beth was on social media, Beth would be the one arguing with every single person who has a different opinion than her. And I'm not sorry. Her character arc, this season in particular, is just grating. Where in episodes and seasons past, like when she's doing her thing, shredding her back in a beck in her conference room office, when she's, you know, dressing down Jan Jenkins over a drink, that's when Beth is good. But mm-hmm. Beth sabotaging her own family and Beth sabotaging her own sanity. And we've seen this time and time again this season where she's haunted by dreams of the past and, and memories of the past and things like that. She is like a pimple ready to pop. Like, I don't have a better analogy. She's like, she's a volcano ready to blow is really what it comes down to because she's wound so tight that she's got nowhere to go but out. Yeah, Rip is doing his best to kind of try to, you know, talk her back and, you know, bring her to this beautiful meadow and stuff like that. But I'm just. You're still annoyed with her, like even in the meadow? Yeah, because she's like, you know, sunsets are already like the poor man just wants to (laughs) (laughs) and <laughs> watch a
0: sunset i did but, like that he was like shut the fuck up
1: yeah <laughs> but even then she has to like goad him and you know like you just told your wife to shut the fuck up and you know meanwhile mm-hmm. you know he brought her vodka he brought her cigarettes and all the things that she was craving she can't do the one thing that the people that love her want to do like it has to all be about her and it's it's like Okay, can we just fly in? Do you know someone
0: a... like this in your life, Sheila? I'm feeling some, like... No, it's just... it's I'm just... I'm fed up with her. Like, yeah. it's so old, and, it, like, they've done
1: nothing to move her along, except keep winding her tighter and tighter and tighter. Maybe I do know somebody like this in my life, but <laughs> it's just... I I haven't identified who that person is, right? but it's just like, I don't see where this is going and it's not serving anything other than to make me think that this is driving a wedge between Beth and her family. Mm. Like, I'm wondering if this conversation that they're having in the meadow, like if I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. Or, like, I don't want to get your take on sort of, like, what I was mulling over. So a couple episodes ago, one of the listeners um, of our podcast had posed this this notion, I think it was after episode one, that, you know, Rip was really kind of reading the signals and was worried about, like, his future, because, like, he, quote, unquote, really doesn't exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really let go of that notion, because, like, you and I had talked about it, but we didn't quite get to that level, Right. Like we had danced around it, but we didn't like say that that's where his his discomfort lied. Like if the ranch falls, like what becomes a rip? Like obviously he'll be with Beth, but if he doesn't legally exist, it's going to be hard for him to feel useful. And like Beth feels just so fed up with all of this, you know, with the ranch, with John, with Summer. Now that dynamic, you know, she's just like she's had it up to her eyeballs. And then whatever the explosion that's coming with Jamie I'm not sure what her move is here, but like all her talk about her being isolated and being in the, you know, the meadow with the, what was the title of this episode? Um, Uh,
0: Cigarettes and Whiskey and You. Uh, Well, the title said uh, Meadow and You, but yeah. Right. So, but but all of this talk about her
1: being isolated and, you know, not needing to talk to anybody and not needing, you know, much basically. Is this the writer's way of signaling to us that there's going to be some sort of like fracture? And this is kind of what I wanted to kind of pose to you and see what you thought about it. Mm.
0: I was thinking a little bit along the lines that these interactions, that as grating as Beth is with her family, I think like just this process of her going on this trail ride, roundup, whatever it is, and like her falling asleep. And I think Rip is softening Mm -hmm her in these scenes, so I don't think you're wrong. Like, you are pointing out the correct assessment of what she is saying and doing, but I think as a scene, she's coming off as, like, a softer person, I think, because Rip is, like, interacting with her in that way. Like, I took it more as, like, oh, that's so sweet, and he did the sweet thing, and, like, they're leaning together on the tree, and, like, yeah, she's still being a smartass, but, like, I didn't quite see it as her, like, just still having to get the last word in, but maybe... He has that soft side of her.
1: This was the scene where I thought like that there was some good character development between these two. Like we're seeing
0: mm-hmm.
1: her softer side. And like you said, Rip is changing her a little bit. I don't think yeah. Beth of yesteryear would have gone on this ride.
0: No. Two days in and her chaps
1: and, you know, on horseback
0: without her whiskey and cigarettes. You know, it's like sweet that he thought of her and brought the things that she needed. And no, that was self preservation. He knew that she was <laughs> going to be in the DTs. Girl. <laughs> Okay, it's romantic comedy. No, I'm just kidding. No, he was being.
1: I don't no, know. no, that is very sweet. I'm just being cynical. I know.
0: <laughs> cynical Sheila. She's back. <laughs> she's back. Um, she's never far away. Okay, so you're saying maybe Beth and Rip together are separ- are going to separate all from the family, or that- well, I feel like it's Beth
1: kind of against the Duttons at this point. Like, I feel like she's. Mm. She's not comfortable in the house. Like, so last episode, she said that you can't leave me in this dungeon. She's talking about her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's obviously triggered when she's there.
0: Okay. And then you're saying she wants to be alone with him, like, and that she'd be happy, like, alone with him. That she'd be happier okay. with just I see where, him, I see like, away we're
1: from the ranch, away from John, really, because he's a reminder of her past, right? He's the, mm-hmm. the closest link to her mother, and her mother is a very triggering subject for her, and she gets very upset, and we just saw that just very recently. So I, I don't know. This to me is like a foreshadowing of maybe some sort of a fracture okay. in the family that and I, I don't know, maybe her going schizo over Jamie's baby is a really good way to fracture yourself from the family. I don't know.
0: Well, this like we said before, this is not a family. So Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, from you know, the business. this... If her and Rip broke off and Casey and Monica broke off and like, okay, that that all checks out because this is not family. One thing I did want to mention is that I came across a Facebook comment from someone who had screenshotted the scene from 1883 where Tim McGraw was laying against the tree with his daughter and how Rip was laying against the tree with Beth and that they thought maybe that was the same meadow that they had found. Like, I don't know if that matters to me, but I just thought that might be interesting. Like, wouldn't that be kind of really cool if it was? Because Rip said he found it. He like came across it when she said she wanted this like place all to themselves. Oh, that's interesting. So I thought, oh my gosh, like, wouldn't that be so cool if that was... OK,
1: so this is going to be a complete non sequitur because I did some screenshotting of my own this episode when and um, we'll get to it when we talk about it. But I did screenshot the headstones.
0: Yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: In the graveyard. So like when we talk about that. So that's yeah. really interesting. I'm going to have to kind of I can't even go back. It's the very last episode of 1883 that James so Dutton is, is sitting with Elsa leaning yeah. up against a tree. I thought that was where he ended up. Spoiler for eighteen eighty three, where he ends up burying her.
0: I thought but so it may too, not be based on the end of eighteen eighty three, but then it was just a comment. So you're right; it could not be um, because where the family cemetery is is like seems to be a lot further away from where Beth and Rip currently are. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it was interesting.
1: That is very interesting. interesting. I, I, I like so I like that kind of involvement, though. I like that kind of yeah. like you know. Hey, does this connect back?
0: I think Beth has said many times she's only there until John dies, so she has zero desire to stay there. Right. Um, but then I see your point about Rip. So maybe they get themselves a little barn and a cow. She said to chase on the horse or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, she didn't want logic ruining just her perfect drink daydream. And smoke all
0: day because that.
1: Yeah, that doesn't have a lot of longevity though.
0: Yeah. It was great to see
1: Tate out on this ride with them. We only, I mean, He literally had like 36 seconds of screen time. I know. But it was enough for me to like rekindle like the love between Tate and John, yeah. you know, wanting to go fishing and how his face lit up when Emma said that he had a fishing rod. And just having this moment between them, it just it resets me. And it's just like, OK, I, I, this is why I like the Duttons. I like you people. <laughs> momentarily. Because of Tate. And even just when Summer is like looking through the house, she sees a picture of Tate and John, and I believe they're fishing. So I like that connection—that like this is like something special between them.
0: I know we were really liking all of those scenes with Tate. There was a lot there for a while. Where yeah, like season two, there there was a lot lot of time together. Yeah. And we, I don't understand why that's not there, except for Monica wanting to protect his life, maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh, a lot of bad things happen on that ranch. to so those, those, yeah. uh, that branch of the Dutton family.
0: Oh, so cute and sweet. And Casey's like, he needed this. And John's like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the though. he
1: needed this was, was bigger. Like, I feel like Like Casey, for everybody. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like the Duttons just needed this time away from reality. Because reality has sucked so far, these first
0: six episodes. <laughs>
1: yeah. So John and Emmett have this like really nice moment before poor Emmett meets his cowboy demise. I wouldn't call it a demise. It well, he did. He it was his demise. But he, you know, they were all revering the way that Emmett went. That it was the cowboy's way to go, and he died looking up at the stars with his head on his saddle. Like I, I thought, it was very poetic. I, I yes. I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't a horrific death that like the, the likes that we've seen here on Yellowstone. Right. But John is talking to Emmett about that perfection can't, be sustained like it's only it's limited to these small little moments. What is he getting at when he says this? Cuz he's he's done this before where he kind of like waxes poetic on us and it's just like, "Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by this, John?" Yeah, these little moments of perfection can't be sustained, but like that day was as close to perfection as John could get.
0: I don't know. I don't I'm not going to use the word profound exactly, but it I like when he says these things and it's like if you stop and think about it, saying that is such like something that we all need to know and remember that perfection only lives in little moments. Like it's it's not achievable. To me, it kind of applied to like a lot of bigger things, you know, especially in our society where people just want everything to be Pinterest perfect or whatever. It's like that doesn't exist. and And people are always talking about like, well, what you see on social media isn't really what people's lives are like. So I just thought it had like it's just how that comment, like just that statement had a lot more. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, like such a good reminder that you can like sort of stumble upon these perfect moments. Yeah, I don't even think that you can create them, you know, or, right. or or manipulate them.
1: Yeah, but you need these moments to remind you of you know why like you why. do the things you do. Yes. Yeah. W-
0: of why. Like especially like, with your family. Like, yeah, so you know, I was gonna say, like with your kid for with instance, your kids like, And like yeah. your kid falls asleep in your arms and he's eight years old and hasn't done that since and you're just like oh my god like this is why i put up with all the. but meanwhile
1: the entire day was like a shit show
0: exactly (laughs) but then you have these
1: little moments or you know like it's christmas time right now so you know there's there's lots of you know things going on like my kid was watching the polar express tonight and Mm -hmm. he's nine he's seen the movie i'm not kidding you probably 40 times not kidding but he is just as mesmerized by this movie and i don't know what it is and maybe it's tom hanks's voice i don't know but any kid i've ever seen stares at this movie with like just like joy and awe and wonder and like i was just looking at him tonight and i was just like damn that's one of those like little perfect moments so like when i'm talking about this next to it but meanwhile an hour before we had been in the mall getting our picture taken with santa and he was running around like a crazed (laughs) child wanting everything in sight that i was just like you know, I'm going to go back and tell Santa that you're being a demon spawn and you should get nothing for Christmas but coal in your stocking. With gas mm-hmm. prices being what they are, coal in my stocking
0: would probably be very good right now. <laughs> That's <funny. laughs> yeah. That's so funny that we both, like, went to the kids. That's like... Yeah. It, just him saying that was... I just really enjoyed that scene and that conversation that... They've seen a lot in their cowboy days, both of them, and probably done this process so many times and that for them to both be like, man, this was like pretty much the best day ever, you know? Yeah. And like, even, you know, my kids are nine, so my twins are nine. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny when they say that to me, like, oh, this is the best day ever. And I'm thinking like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just so special when you feel that way.
1: Yeah. But you're right. It can't be all the time. You need these little moments to remind you of the important things.
0: And I liked that he said that because even looking out at, at the Yellowstone, his ranch, like it is perfect. But like in that not. moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that was really g- great scene. I loved their whole conversation. The reason I wouldn't say demise of poor Emma is just because because it was that perfect like day for him and and if if you were gonna pass away, I mean the only thing that could have made it better was if his wife was asleep by his side. You know, like right. like what better way to go than doing something you love and the end of a like wonderful happy day? Like I think later on in the episode they sort of mentioned that with his wife saying that like you know he wouldn't want in any other way. So it was you know what you would hope for in life right to have a to fall asleep in a perfect place like that and you're in your eyes and then not wake up like that's that's how i want to go
1: i just hope that john takes this moment the reminder that there are perfect moments in life i hope he turns it around and he uses this drive or this remembering of that to do something good with his governorship because right now it doesn't look like Mm. he's doing much of anything and what he's bottled and i use that word intentionally because that's what he talks about with casey like you could bottle this and sell this that he can take that to his job in helena that he can take this to the job to the people of montana because there's a lot of good that he can do in montana because he knows the ins and outs of the state the politics the the you know emmett was the head of the they said what the fish and game commission and he was livestock commissioner for all those years He has the wealth of knowledge to make Montana have more of these little perfect moments. So he's got an opportunity Mm -hmm. and he needs to remember the motivation, I feel. And I don't know if this is going to do it for him because it doesn't look, it
0: doesn't, it looks grim for him going forward, I'm going to say. It doesn't look like he's going to get much done. What did you think about them riding back up to the ranch with like this big old party going on? I'm loving this singer.
1: Yeah, so we we found her, because you don't always get the credits, um, until the episode airs. Um, So yeah, Lainey Wilson's
0: back as Abby. So good.
1: The songs that they picked for her this episode to sing were just fire. They were so good
0: that song the watermelon moonshine i was like what is the song who is she where can i find it yes i need it on my playlist i wanted on repeat
1: because her her voice has like this like i don't know like it has like this rasp to it but it's it's sexy and feminine because usually raspy we're like like me right now this is raspy this is not good
0: (laughs) i'm so jealous of anyone who can sing like ah what a awesome gift
1: yeah, I mean, just so because I don't sing well doesn't mean that I don't sing. Oh, I do
0: sing I a do lot. sing. I don't sing well. Right, same.
1: <laughs> that's funny. It's me and my car um, and my kid, you know, that's about yes. it. But I'll sing too.
0: And then, you know, girl, made me happy when Ryan Bingham got back up on stage.
1: I saw that because I, I watched the episode before you. I was like, oh, she's going to be happy.
0: I'm so excited. He's coming to Fort Worth, Texas in February, I believe. And, and tickets are so expensive. And I'm so bummed because I like just can't. General admission. Like, I, I mean, like. I can't bring myself to spend money like that on a concert. I don't know. I just can't. I don't know why. I don't know which artist it would take for me to spend the kind of money, but every artist I want to go see, and then I look at the price and I'm like, mm, no, I just can't.
1: Listen, I don't know why. Last season, so expensive. Ryan Bingham's people reached out to us and we got a case of ranch water, a couple of cases of ranch water, and some swag. So maybe. um. Yeah. Maybe the happy gods uh, of Yellowstone and Ranch Water and Ryan Bingham can make Ryan your Bingham, dreams come I true.
0: Love you cannot please come to Fort Worth, please.
1: I'm putting it out to the universe because you can manifest what you want by putting it out there. Yeah.
0: I just want to go to a concert. <laughs>
1: Uh, I did enjoy the little moment that Carter had like the that's what li- I was about to lit- say literal little moment that Carter had, and his nervousness is just adorable,
0: so cute. I was like, even Carter gets a girl. I was like that's so cute.
1: I was getting such young rip vibes when yes, he- for sure with him and Beth uh from all the flashbacks that we've seen just the same level of awkwardness and like oh my god it's a girl like, i don't
0: know how i don't right. know what to do
1: like i'm talking to a girl and i don't know what this is going what am i doing so who cute. am i that innocence of being young and you know just not knowing what to do what to say how to act it's very sweet to see i think
0: yeah
1: that's the heart like that's the the drive of the show that i'm like i am missing this
0: yeah put I carter in like jimmy's spot yeah give me carter I think where jimmy was to... But they're not giving him enough. Yeah, there's no time for him. They're not giving him enough screen time. What did you think about this whole, like, John asking Summer to dance? And she was like, (laughs) that was so awkward. And she's like, well, stop sending mixed signals. I'm like, oh, my gosh.
1: So we still have to go back and talk about Summer and her Uh, sort of jaunt to here. But is Summer being fair to John? What I mean by that? He's done so much for her. He had her sentence reduced. He commuted her sentence and essentially has given her a job. Yeah. I feel she's going to turn on him. And I don't know if I'm being, again, cynical. I don't know if I'm, you know, being a little too harsh. But, like, now Linnell has even said the same thing that Beth says. Like, this girl's not good for you. But, like, I just wonder if Linnell is maybe also a little jealous. She did. Didn't she say that? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I just is, want to know yeah. if it's like real or not because, like, Linnell has like a boy toy to keep her occupied. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah but still,
1: that John thinks is a fucking idiot. You had him
0: first, right? Like, like this is like this is who is this? <laughs> I plowed that
1: field first. I'm sorry, no, yeah. don't, please take that. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> no, that was awful. Oh my gosh. I just wonder if Summer is being fair to him because, like I said, he's done a lot for her, and she's she's ungrateful.
0: Yeah, she's just being like, no. Is that being a woman? Is that being? Is that being fair? I just mean that she's like in his bed in last season, and then now she's like, no, I don't want to dance with you. Like it's it's just a lot, you know what I mean? Like she's gonna be. I feel she's being childish. Like she's
1: being pouty. Like I can't eat the potato, so I'm not gonna dance with you.
0: (laughs) I can't eat a potato.
1: Sorry, that was mean.
0: She sure as hell can't peel a potato either. What the heck was that? Oh, please. I mean, it looked like she
1: was murdering that potato. I was
0: like, have you never peeled a potato before in your life? I thought she was going to cut off her thumb. Like, I thought that was going to be part of the scene. Like, That's how bad it was. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? Anyways, random squirrel. (laughs) No, but I
1: mean, like, I just wonder because, like, I feel like John is accustomed to, like, the old boys club of, like, you do me a solid favor and, you know, I'll pay you. I got your back, you know, when you need mm-hmm. it. Like with the judge when he was, you know, asking for the reduced sentence and got the reduced sentence. You know, even when he was making deals with Rainwater and Lee, even Dan Jenkins from way back. You know, it's like all this gentlemanly handshakes, like, I'm going to do right by you. But I feel like Summer is like a, a different vegan. Like, I can't really call her an animal because, you know, she doesn't do that. Sorry, that wasn't even remotely funny. Not remotely funny.
0: It was kind of no. That was no. That was
1: terrible. Like just moving on. Although I was surprised that Summer allowed Monica to put honey on her cut because, like, super hardcore vegans don't even do honey. So, um,
0: well, she didn't ingest it technically.
1: No, but I mean, like, technically using animal products. Yeah, like a vegan won't wear leather. You know, so there's like you know, sort of a code. Um, but even honey to some vegans is, is Maybe not. Maybe she's
0: learned her lesson not to. to yeah. Rock the boat
1: just, a little. Like rock the boat these people are just going to do what they got to
0: do. these <laughs>
1: Yeah. It just makes me wonder though, like if John is like in over his head with her because she doesn't ascribe to, you know, his, his way of doing things like, you mm-hmm. know, you do me a favor. I got you back.
0: I think it's going to be a bumpy road for Summer and John yeah. like, to find a, a way to either work together or not. Like whatever happens it's not going to go smoothly
1: and like what mixed signals is he sending her i mean I, i'm not i don't i may be missing um, the mixed signals mixed signals
0: i just thought it was funny that she said that cuz that's like he didn't text her back or something you know so it's like oh Childish. it's like a teenage like thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't like me today yeah it's essentially what it is
0: are you mad at me no no okay all right fine there are no potatoes so i'm not going to dance with you yeah mhm All right, let me talk to
1: you about Summer a little bit. So if she's trying to, like, learn about John and looking at photos, what is this going to tell her about him? So looking at his family photos and she sees, you know, I think she sees um, Evelyn Dutton in one of the photos. Right. And is she going to learn about him from looking at his photographs, attending the Brandy celebration? Is her mind open enough to understand him?
0: It looks to me like she's trying to sort of take it all in like she's not just staying in her room with her arms crossed you know staring at the wall like she is exploring and sort of trying to see what's going on around her to me that seems somewhat open-minded anytime you get to know someone even just a little bit about their past or their family or or what they used to do for work or I don't know it just helps you to understand them in a different way There's a lot of examples of people in your life that you've like not necessarily liked them upon meeting them and then later have learned something about them or or had one of those sort of like perfect moment conversations with them where you end up in this deep moment and then you're like, okay, I see you completely differently now. Like I see a whole different side of you. I think that happens a, a lot with, I mean, to me it does. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm judged. I don't mean that I'm like judging people. I just mean that. Every time I find out something like a little bit more personal about someone yes, it makes me it like forms your
1: opinion better.
0: Yes, it forms my opinion better of maybe something you said in the past or maybe something you did in the past and like now that I know this about you, I'm like, oh, okay, like
1: maybe you understand their motivation or something. Yes. yeah.
0: So I do think that this is helpful. I do think that she is sort of exploring it and seeing that his family has been there for that long. Maybe, okay, that's why he's so passionate about keeping this land or maybe seeing how many people it brings together for this branding or what, you know, like how many people are involved in this and that it's like a community and like, okay, maybe I can understand that differently. Like, I do think that seeing all of these different things are little pieces to the puzzle. I don't know that it would ultimately change her mind
1: yeah, I don't know if it's going to change your mind, but I think you're on the right path. I think that mm-hmm. her taking the time to look to John's past, his immediate past of his photographs of his children when they were younger, him with his wife. And also, you know, taking a walk around the ranch is chapter 17 of like the Dutton, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. Dutton story. But her finding the graveyard, I think that was maybe a little bit of a turning point for her. When she Mm -hmm. said, like, gosh, they've been here that long, when she's looking at the headstones. I think that's more to informing her opinion a little bit more about John, knowing that this is serious business for him because it's so many generations back But I don't know if it's going to I agree with you. I don't think it's going to change her opinion, but I think she's a little more willing to see that they have a side. And it's maybe not as evil or as sinister or as animal hating as she thought. Right. So like that was her initial motivation and trying to, to get things changed. But at the same time, like, I'm just I, I'm just wondering when the shoe's going to drop because, like, she's like a caged animal right now because yeah, she's yeah.
0: she's kind of she's forced to be there. So, she's,
1: yeah, she's forced to be there. And obviously, you know, her and Beth have, you know, their disagreements. I'm not on the side that, you know, they're chummy now after their big <laughs> brawl in the mud wrestling she pit. Looks
0: so Summer looks so much worse in this episode, too. Like, well, sure, because
1: now all the swelling is setting in.
0: But Beth looks like... Yeah. It's like they forgot to put the bruising makeup on her. No,
1: <laughs> no that's not um, bruise makeup, Amber Heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's this whole conversation... That, well, well, there's a couple of moments, right, with Summer and Monica. And at first I was like, why is Monica being so shady about Summer helping? In the, in the beginning when they had the conversation about, you know, if uh, what did Monica say? She said, oh, if you were from around here, you'd be helping. Yeah. Like I felt like that was like super shady and then it's just and like, oh, we've been introduced. Like there was just a lot of shade and I was just like, okay, this isn't going a long way to helping Summer feel welcome. But I also feel that then Monica in the graveyard was a different person. Like she had a very different take on everything. She was a little more open. I was surprised that she defended the Duttons the way she did. You know, she's been Mm -hmm. always been on the defense when it comes to the Duttons. Their land ownership, but here she was. She was defending Beth, even saying that you know the land looked the same as it did a hundred years ago. I feel like that's a compliment in this show right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she got her dig in, but it didn't have the teeth that the first yeah. interaction had. What did you think about that conversation in the graveyard with Monica and Summer?
0: I think that Monica is like just trying to help her also understand the Duttons, and she she has to sort of defend them a little bit because she is part of the family, like. I think Monica and Casey moving off the ranch has done a lot for Monica and them like just being able to sort of coexist with her family. You know, she wants to still be a part of it, but maybe not, you know, the part of it. So I think her conversation around preserving the land as it is and that cities are the opposite of doing that. That's why. They, and I thought that was interesting when she said cities defy nature, which is why they crumble. And she's like, this will still be here in a thousand years, you know, so it's like. She is just maybe not defending the Duttons as much as she's defending what they're doing, which is trying to preserve the like land. Like their way and, of life. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that she's necessarily defending John Dutton. I think she's saying, like, this is why we want it like this. Like, your your city that you're going to build here is, isn't going to do anything. It's going to crumble and fall.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting what she said about storms in nature.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it all the- has its, like... It's it has a purpose, purpose. right? So mm-hmm. the
1: lightning storm that starts the forest fire has a cleansing effect. And then the blizzard that comes in the winter has a protecting effect.
0: It's a cycle. It's a life cycle. Yeah. This notion there that for a reason. Yeah.
1: what happens here is natural and what happens in a city like this is devastating. This can withstand nature because it is very close to what it looked like when her family lived there. Yeah. Although I did kind of raise an eyebrow when Monica said that she wasn't a threat to the ranch. I don't know, maybe I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist here, but <laughs> she is in a position to influence Rainwater, right? So he's made it his goal from episode one, season one, to get that land back. And now, you know, Angela Blue Thunder with her evil villain twisting mustache style is out to do the same. But I feel like Monica is in a unique position because she, like, while they're not like sort of like on the ends with the duns to so, like know like, you know, the sort of day-to-day politics... But if she needed to, she could be what Rainwater would need her to be, like a conduit for information.
0: I just don't think she would.
1: I, I I think her heart's not in it. I think her heart no. is more set on protecting her family. Um, but it was just like,
0: hmm, like you've been so seen as an cynical, outsider. Shayla.
1: I know I am very cynical, but I'm also just <laughs> I, I'm trying to get a read on who they're fighting this season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I...
1: You know, like I'm I'm kind of like I'm trying to create like little inroads to see like little like, like ant trails to see like where these yeah. are gonna go. But at the same time, like I just find it interesting that Monica up until this point has said that she's felt like an outsider, but there's been things that you know, say like Beth in particular has done to defend her yeah. that makes her feel like more of an affinity towards them. But I also feel it's kind of like the sibling dynamic where it's like you and I can fight as siblings. But yeah. if anybody else comes and touches us, exactly. I'm, we're going to unite to fight them. I feel like Monica is now understanding that she is part of this family and she does have this role where she has the heritage and the history that the land belonged to her family prior. Right. But now it also belongs to her family current.
0: Wouldn't it be amazing if John Denton took the time to notice that and ha- and have these discussions with monica and learn and apply those to his dealings with rainwater wouldn't that be something
1: right and i feel like this moment between monica and summer was like one of those little like perfect moments that john was referencing Mm
0: -hmm. because i
1: feel like it gave monica a moment to reflect on her position in the family and how she feels about them now that this outsider is here and asking questions and also giving summer this moment to be like Oh, this is six generations back, seven generations, if you include Tate, right? And then she sees the seventh generation grave of yeah. young John mm-hmm. Dutton, right? So I feel like this was one of those like perfect little moments.
0: Yeah, I think it did a lot for moving this storyline with Summer along because she, she I think she learned a lot in that moment. Right.
1: And this was one of those yeah. little moments that I said earlier like there was rich character development here. Yeah.
0: And
1: I, I feel like having Monica say those words out loud, I'm like, "Okay, you have come a long way." Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to the Monica haters out there.
0: <laughs> There's too many I don't of them. There's still people hate her. I love her.
1: Well, that's why I actually had to mute some of the Facebook groups about Yellowstone because I am like I can't listen to you know, people being very close minded about a character without kind of trying to see all sides of it there's a lot of monica hate out there you guys can go find it yourself you guys Um, yes
0: she's
1: a she's a complicated character and i don't feel that she's been in the fandom given as much respect as she kind of deserves i agree there's my soapbox i'm stepping down (laughs) (laughs) well so I want to talk really quick before we move on to Jamie. I tried hard to see the headstones as she was walking by them. I definitely saw the one that she knelt down first was Our Father, and it said J. Dutton. So I'm going with James Dutton from 1883. Then down the line, there was in the middle, there it looked like E. Dutton, which I took to be Elsa Dutton because there was an 1883 mm-hmm. that you can kind of make out pretty easily on there. And then there was Margaret Dutton, and her death year is blanked out. So I don't know if this is sort of like a way to bring us to the 1923 show, which right. is premiering next week. So it'll be interesting to see how they tie 1883 into 1923 because it's it's basically a generation. Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of two generations, like forty Lots years. Of... It's forty years, Lots so there's there's numbers. there's time in between there. But I do hope that we get some sort of closure on what happened with the 1883 Duttons. But yeah, it was hard to see the headstones, and I feel like uh, part of the um, the set design was intentional to make it hard to see those headstones. Oh, for sure, yeah. I was screenshotting I it as I went. Yeah,
0: everybody was. <laughs> well, who did that say? What what year was it? Yeah.
1: The only one we have left to talk about is is Jamie, right? Jamie, yes. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. I'm really trying to well. sort out what happened here. I am calling BS on every word that came out of sarah's mouth before that shower up until yep. she said well i'm gonna say up until she oh, well, said that until... four years is too long to wait she was not looking at him for most of that conversation
0: i think it's so funny because it seems like the first thing i always notice about jamie is that he he always looks a little bit scared like like he's he's just so yes, like apprehensive perfect he's scared assessment. but he's like staring at her as if she's like some sort of alien and she's like what are you looking at weirdo but he's like, he's not wrong. He's like, what are you doing here? Like, I don't understand. And I think that's totally valid thing for him to say. And of course, she's like, how could you question my motives? Um, How could I not? So this yeah. was your, it just was so, it was just lip service, you know, like she had to say like, oh, how could you think that about me? Like, it couldn't possibly be because you're tall, dark and handsome, like. No, girl.
1: (laughs) Plenty of tall, dark, and handsome up there in Montana.
0: Right. There's plenty of other men that she could find if that's what she was looking for. But we talked about last time, like, I don't think he's all that fooled by her. I think he's just sort of, like, intrigued and willing to see this out, to sort of see what she has to say. But I think she said all the right things, obviously. So,
1: Oh, my God, did she ever?
0: And so easily. And yet here we are. It's like... Almost cliche, like of course. And he's like, "Oh wait, I could be governor. Are you governor?" I mean, come on, Jamie.
1: Like, and he sits up taller in the bed, and you know, his <sighs> ego is stroked just enough to.
0: I mean, we just said this. It's like he's he's loyal, and he's going to do what the Dentons want until somebody dangles a better carrot, and he's going to try that. And here we are again. Same thing. It's almost the same storyline again and again.
1: I feel like he's primed now to have an even bigger fall with this talk of governorship Mm. of Montana and having the backing of a multi-billion dollar corporation or however much market equities is worth right now. I don't know, seeing as how she has to sell concrete on, what, 30 cents on the dollar. Um, But, you know, she's stroking his ego by saying, you know, he's got the skills you know, that he engineered that lease and, and now they have no legal recourse. Like, she knows all the buttons to hit.
0: Yeah, It's almost course.
1: like they've done a psych profile on him and they they yeah. figured out, like, his weakness. And she figured it out. She goes like, I'm going to start with him. And, you know, she's mocking John's progress uh, stops with me slogan. But having the backing of market equities because they backed his opponent and there was only, you know, it wasn't a very wide margin that John won mm. by. So... You know, this is playing to all the things that Jamie is insecure about. He's insecure about his role in the Dutton family. He's insecure yeah. about his position there and his future. You know, he's very worried because, you know, John shut him down the very you know first episode of the season. You could get elected, but then what? You know, so she's pumping him full of enough air that he could probably, you know, fly off into space at this point. And who knows I what yeah, mayhem I'm he sure. could, you know, and I'm, I'm being 100 percent serious. Like, what kind of mayhem yeah. could he get up to now? But I'm always like, Christina's in the background.
0: So we always see him sort of like flub it up, right? Though? Yeah. Like he, he has all these, you know, oh, I'm going to do this or that. For dramatic effect, like do you want to see him actually overtake the governorship though? Like do you want to see him rise to the occasion and like actually do what he wants to do or are you expecting another disastrous outcome
1: i well i'm expecting the disastrous outcome because he's his own worst enemy when he starts to aspire to anything his family comes in and clips his wings
0: well somehow they always find out about it if beth here you know as soon as anything happens beth's gonna come storming in and throw a baseball at his head and yeah you know like it's gonna he's gonna crumble again
1: but it just—it just makes me wonder, like, what damage is he going to leave in—in in the war path, and does he survive it? I mean, I, mm. I keep coming back to this theme, like, there's <laughs> a lot of deaths rolling around. John, like, does Jamie survive another I know treachery, another yeah. treasonous act against the king? Right. Yep. I'm just—I'm using all of the things that his father, Jamie's father, has said to him, yeah. he, like, you know, Those you, know, are all you, you killed the king, said. right? But I also don't see Jamie being one to fall on his sword again. I don't know if he can go back to being the sniveling.
0: Mm. Um, That's what I'm kind of saying. Like, I kind of hope not. Like, I kind of hope, not that I hope it works out for him, but I hope that he, like, has some sort of stance and some sort of power. Like, I don't, if he's gonna I don't go see go a really good this, way
1: forward for him. I don't.
0: I don't either. But at the same time, like, I kind of, like, I'm kind of tired of seeing it just him, like, crumble into like the floor. Like, dance to the
1: edge and then,
0: yeah. get, you know. Back. So I don't know. I almost kind of want to see him take a little bit of control or at least cause a little bit of like he he never seems to phase John Dutton like he just seems to piss him off. like yeah,
1: I mean, John is just perpetually irritated.
0: you know what I mean? like wouldn't it be a little interesting to see for Jamie to like actually have a little bit of damage done to John like just because?
1: You know, I wouldn't really put it past somebody like this Sarah Atwood character, like for her in her type of role or her type of position to find that article that was written way back in episode, I'm sorry, season one or so. Maybe that dirty laundry gets aired and there's the fallout from it. If the train station is found, you know, there's a lot of things that could come that could come out. Like, I feel like she's cunning enough that she could hack a reporter's laptop or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see Jamie being able to survive this. And, you know, there's this this trailer that we see for next week. So if you don't want to be spoiled, mute us now talking about impeachable offenses. I, I yeah. don't see John and Jamie surviving. It's it's going to be like an either or one's going to survive the political landscape. And I don't think one is going to. And I, I don't think it's Jamie at you this mean, point.
0: Like literally survive.
1: Um, oh, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to kill off a Dutton, um, okay. But I just don't think that he's going to survive the political realm. Let's put it that way. I don't think that okay. you can have John and Jamie both remaining in office. Let me. I'll, I'll restate that. Yeah, you don't have Jamie yeah. and John remaining in office together, both of them. That's my bold prediction. Take yeah. But also with this trailer too, my ears perked up. I don't know if your ears perked up. Beth said John's business plan was going to be the end of us. Same words well, she's as Casey. Been saying
0: that yeah. But she They're said the same words that. as
1: Casey's vision. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Oh, ooh! She's at the end of us. I was like, oh, 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 okay. hell, hello, Vision, you're back. Yeah. And they're talking about like something that's like you know being on the hook for four billion dollars for the state. So there's there's you know, things yeah, that afoot. Was
0: interesting. I want to hear what that's about. I think Sarah. <laughs> she knew what to do. She knew what to say, and yet, and we knew Jamie would fall for it.
1: And he right. Did. He's like putty in her hands, quite literally. Yep. So. But it's part of his cunning as well. Like, I, this is where I like, you know, we we come back to Jamie's complex. He was cunning enough to know, to say to her, like, what's the deal here? I know my strengths and I know what kind of woman I can get and you're, yeah, you're out of funny. my league.
0: He was like, I know what kind of man I am.
1: But this is also his insecurity. You know, it's that seesaw that he has. He has this cunning. He's very smart. But he's also... Tripping over his own feet because he yeah, can't, you and know.
0: Unsure. And yes, he, yeah. he,
1: because he's been browbeat for forty-five years or whatever it's yeah. been. It's not a not a good day for Jamie, I don't think coming up.
0: I mean, it was a good day in the shower.
1: Oh yeah, his day started off great, but yeah. you know, I don't know, I don't know how his we'll day's going to end gets
0: after that. <laughs> <Yeah. Exactly. laughs> well as always i can't wait to see what happens next
1: i know well i am hoping that well next episode will be the halfway point of the season so i'm hoping that things Mm -hmm. start to pick up steam that we've had enough rich character development and we're going to have a little bit more of the action that we've become accustomed to with the yellowstone episodes so i'm excited
0: things start to fall out yeah i need to see some fallout
1: agreed So I'm actually excited for next week for two reasons. One, we get to see what, you know, what the storyline is continuing for this season. But also next week is the premiere of 1923, the next installment in the Dutton lore. So it's going to air. This is confusing, so pay attention. It's going to air on Paramount Network right after Yellowstone. Episodes going forward are going to only be on Paramount+. Plus. So Yellowstone will continue to be on the Paramount Network 1923 will be on paramount plus
0: okay sounds good
1: so our pals caroline and mike at pod clubhouse will be covering 1923 so if you're subscribed to this podcast you will get their take on the newest installment of yellowstone lore so we hope you enjoy this podcast you listen in on theirs and you comment and you rate review and
0: subscribe we really appreciate you guys being here and we can't wait to talk to you next time sounds like a plan this is steph
1: and this is sheila